Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tea to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right here beside me, of course, is LPJ professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, and we, of course, are your hosts. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? Good morning, Ted. What's up? Um, I'm excited today. We, we get to talk here just momentarily with another winner from Symmetra Tour. Uh, in fact, this is her first win. Um, Sophie Hausman is the champion at the Iowa Championship that took place out in California. And uh, she's with us this morning, so I'm happy about that. And then a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be joined by uh, LPGA golf professional Dr. Greta Anderson uh, is going to be joining us on the show as well. So it's good. It's, it's Tuesday. You and I get to chat, of course, with some great uh, women in, in the golf profession, so it, it doesn't get any better than that. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The sun's out. It's going to be 70 degrees in Buffalo today and then 30 tomorrow. So it's a little bipolar here, and I can't wait to be outside helping people get better all day till 9 o'clock tonight. Right. Well, that's always a good thing. So enjoy that 70-degree weather because, yeah, it's going to dip pretty quick come tomorrow. All right, let me introduce our guest, and then we'll bring her on. Uh, as I mentioned, she is the winner of the Iowa Championship this past week, uh, Sophie Hausman. Uh, she's a native of Germany. Uh, back in 2016, she won the... Uh, German International Ladies Amateur Championship. In 2018, she qualified for the U.S. Women's, uh, Women's Open as an amateur, and she's a two-time Big Sky Conference Player of the Year for the University of Idaho. Uh, she also represented Germany at the 2016 and 2018 World Amateur Team to- uh, Championship, and she competed in the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur in April of 2019. Uh, she's made six cuts in her 10 Symmetra Tour starts in 2020, with four top 20 finishes, including a season best at the Founders Tribute. But this year, Cindy, she came out with a bang and won her first event, the Iowa Championships. We're going to talk to her about that and more. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest to start things off, Sophie Hausman. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that is so, so awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is that exciting. Is, yeah. That is Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, your first your first win is always the most exciting. Uh you know, I think wouldn't you agree, Cindy, when when you're in that position and uh that first win is just it it's you're kinda almost I think shell shocked a little bit. You know, you're you're working so hard to get there mm. and then finally when No? No. No, I don't. I well, again, your mission is to practice. So why I and the, that's why you're out there is to win. So I don't know that shell shocked is the word, but um, satisfied I would say is the word. Like when you win on the on the mini tour. Oh, okay. So all this work I'm putting into it, it verifies that what I'm trying to do is the right thing. What do you think, Sophie? Yeah, kind of that, and you're like, okay, you're working on on things that actually work, and you can do it. It's not like, okay, am I really that good or something? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can be up here. That that feels good. So. Yeah, I think it's um, it's verification, and if you, um, how do I want to say it? Ted and I sit at a different view. I mean, it was, Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you how many years ago I was doing what you were doing (laughs) to try to qualify, 
on the tour and and won a mini tour event and then qualified for the tour. So it, I know how you feel because I felt the same way, but I must tell you that if if we were going to be a little fairy golf mother, which I've been accused of being, and sit back and say, let's look at this little girl here and what is Sophie doing and what is she working on and where has she been and what has she played in, you just need to know you're doing all the right things. And if there was mm-hmm. like a betting thing and you were in a lineup, I would be picking you. So just know yeah. that keep doing what you're okay. doing, even, you know, because <laughs> we've got the highs and the lows and the pits and the, I love golf. I hate golf. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you working on that's working? Actually, like lately in my game, I was like, since like ball striking was always one of my strengths, but then I feel like wedges um, are the ones that need to get the most improvement on um, because I put myself into great positions, but then usually don't do as well. So I'm like, okay, Sophie. And then now I, since I moved to Champions Gate, they have a part three golf course there. So I'm actually out there all day. And I'm, I told my coach back in Germany, they are. They have a path recourse between 40 and 100 yards. She was like, great. Oh, <laughs> so this money. Is yeah, and then also sometimes off the tee when I'm kind of, okay, is it really? Because I tend to just go hit the driver, you know. It's fun. I, it's one of my favorite clubs. And then I'm like, okay, maybe you should reconsider that and just hit less off the tee, you know, some, which is probably goes along with my, uh, course management as well. And especially since I don't have a caddy, at every tournament, it's probably important to kind of, you know, sometimes play the, I wouldn't say smarter way, but at least maybe where the odds are a little higher. Um, so, um, yeah, those are the main things. And, um, I mean, putting is always a thing. I wouldn't say it's, it's yeah, I feel like you can always work on putting. <laughs> That's really a break to, to that. <laughs> so what you're saying is you got a little smarter and you're playing a little wiser? With not hitting driver off the tee, I'm still I'm still the person that like likes an aggressive play, and you know like if I like the driver and if it's my strength, great play with it. But just sometimes in the practice round, or sometimes we like think about what would be another option to put yourself in a good position and still be able to make birdie. You know, because sometimes I'm like, okay, just hit the driver, and but it's the most narrow spot, and instead of just hitting a three wood where you can still have 120 in and you know if I work on my wedges I can still you know get myself up there but so it's a mix of smarter and like yeah but also seeing more more options I would say awesome Ted Hmm. so Sophie let me ask you um, I was reading through some of the notes here and you know it talked about how you're not somebody that really watches the leaderboard you kind of just stick to your game you don't really pay attention to where everybody is, um, which is a good thing. Because I think sometimes, um, you know, if you're if you're sort of conscious, that doesn't mean you shouldn't kind of get a general idea. But if you're focusing on the leaderboard all the time and who's there, it kind of distracts from your game. And I also noticed something too. It it was a little bit windy there, uh, I guess, in the final round. So you kind of shifted your mindset and said, you know what, I'm going to be okay. Uh, as you put it, par was my friend, and if I make a birdie, that was great. When conditions change like that, do you find that you're able to adapt very easily? Because some people don't. If it suddenly starts to get, you know, the wind gusts up and things like that, you know, the wheels start falling off the bus. Do you find that your game, you're able to adapt very quickly in, in changing conditions like that? Um, I think it's a progress as well where I'm like just did very well this tournament and I'm trying to like um, get better at it because then sometimes I'm just so like, especially maybe when you go um, in the last round with one shot lead, you're like, okay, you know, I have to make a birdie because if the girl next to me makes a birdie, you know, all those things. I really just try to like play this round by itself and and from like 6 to 13, whole 6 to 13, it was just crazy wind into us. I was like, you know, I mean, if you just play, so I mean, yeah, I could kind of adjust quickly to it because I just noticed, okay, it's not a birdie festival out here right now. So just, you know, <laughs> try to stick to your plan. And if you play a solid round today, it's 
it hopefully is enough, but you don't know. So we'll see then. But um, yeah, it's definitely a thing I try to work on because I try not to like get too ahead of myself or think about what if and what if what do the other girls do, you know? So it's kind of um, mm. kind of thing I work on, but it also worked out very well this time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people like to watch leaderboards. Some people like to kind of gauge where they are, and other people just like, eh, I couldn't care less. I'm going to focus on my game, and whatever happens, happens. Um, I also know, too, as I mentioned in the opening uh, credits, that um, you were a two-time player of the year uh, at the University of Idaho. What did you learn during your time uh, at the university as a player that you've been able to carry forward? What, 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 with you know your other teammates and with your coach and that, what specific things do you take away from that experience? Um, I mean, what I really like was my what my coach and also the team kind of showed me is like you come like from Germany, you're like I have a solid swing coach. She's really into technical things, but that the game is just so much more of just having a nice, good-looking golf swing. <laughs> Right. So, and then sometimes I get so caught up in it, like, hey, it's, it's not perfectly on plane, and it's a little steep up there, and, you know, all those things. And the coach was like, she's, for me, she's a typical American college golf coach where it's like she coaches a team to do their best but also grow as a person. And I feel like mm-hmm. showing different shots or teaching different shots, seeing the mental side, which I was not really aware of at that time, um, and just seeing all the different parts of like how to shoot a number and not just you know make it look pretty, so kind of those things sometimes mm, right. I can really get caught up in those things. Um, and then also like especially in a team because in Germany I, I also played for a team, but I was always like living like an hour away from it. So when I got to college, I could actually practice every day with like girls that have a similar, you know, um, or same mindset or goal. Um, we do the same thing. We do it kind of for each other, So, which which was really nice to see, okay, what are they doing? What's, what's a different approach? So, like, just seeing, seeing the options again, I feel like that kind of opens and um, kind of learns to, yeah, play the game a little different or in other ways, yeah. Was Lisa hmm. Ferraro your coach? Actually, Lisa Johnson, and then she left 2019 to go to Nebraska. Um, Got it. After the 2019, yeah. And then now Lisa Ferraro's there, yeah. Just the, yeah. Got hmm. it. Interesting. So let me just ask you another question then. Um, when you work with your coach, you said obviously you're working on uh, your swing and getting the mechanics and that great, but you're okay if you've got a number in mind that you're trying to shoot. If everything doesn't look, as you said, doesn't look pretty, but as long as you achieve your ultimate goal, you're fine with that. And the reason why I ask you that is, you know, Tiger Woods, as an example, used to say sometimes when he would win an event that he didn't really play his A game. In other words, he wasn't hitting it, um, you know, perfect the way he would like to hit it, but he still got the desired result. Are you similar in your mindset that, you know, if everything isn't firing on all cylinders, but you still manage to achieve the goal that you set out, you're okay with that? Or do you find yourself, well, you know, even though I got my the number I wanted, I'm not really happy with the way I play. Does it make sense? Um, kind of a mix, yeah. So I actually, when you talk about Tiger, that actually I heard this like a few years ago, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good, like, um, thought for you because I can't, especially, like, first two or three years in college I got really like okay that's the number but I didn't I just didn't hit it perfect so perfect and coach is like yeah but you still have a 15 footer for birdie so if you make it nobody really cares so, right. so um, definitely <laughs> kind of changing their perspective a little bit which both coaches do like um, kind of started in college with my college coach and then even now my coach in Germany she's like yeah you will always you know send me a swing video where you think it's not perfect but you have to work on like let's say the wedges, that other thing that you can improve way more than um, on your seven iron, you know. Um, and you will always be a solid ball striker if you believe in it. And um, there will be times where you have to work a little more on technical things. But overall, um, 
it's more like have like more shots like have you can sh- if you can shape it or whatever you have like a better access to your game as well and you know if, if you get the feel for it that that will help you yeah yeah i couldn't agree more um cindy go ahead how many greens did you hit in the last round Oh, that's—I actually didn't count them, but <gasps> you didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I'll say around thirteen, though, because yeah, like in between holes, like six to thirteen, I remember. Because like with the wind, I also got you know a little nervous, and then kind of tried to go for it, and I'm like, Sophie, that's that's not the way. So I actually had some good up and downs there. Um, so I think about thirteen, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. No, I try. Yeah, I mean, I do my stats at the end of the day and also learn from it, but it's not like after whole week or like even now I'm like, okay, I just, 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 I'm, no, I'm not that into the numbers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So let me ask That's you this. All right. When you, um, how long is a typical birdie putt that you make? Like, are you really good from 10 feet? Are you really good from 6 feet? How often do you 3-putt? 3-putt um, is more like a leg thing, I would say. Like um, everything above 40 feet at sometimes. Especially that's why like even like on par 5 was um, because I can reach it in 2, but then I often go off with a 3-putt. So that was one of the things I also try to work on. But 30 putts are more like a range of... Actually, since last it kind of changed a little bit it's like around 15 feet um i tend to like not make as many 15 footers but um now i kind of because i kind of put a little different perspective on it i'm not put myself into like i have to make it i have to make it. just the, i move the pressure a little i'm like okay put yourself in a good position if it drops great if not move on um so that's definitely more like 15 feet which is Still thing I need to work on other shorter birdie parts because that's still when I'm like, okay. Like, first hole, I hit it, like, to, like, three to four feet, and I missed the birdie part. I'm like, you are a little nervous right there. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, that's definitely more like 15 feet. Your driving average is 283. You ought to be slapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell, girl? Give me 30 of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and and your putting average is 29.57. That's great. Yeah. That was it was it was really solid. Yeah. I don't want to complain about it. <laughs> I guess <Holy> not. Cow. <laughs> I know. Jeepers, creepers. You know. You know, uh Sophie, the reason why we're we're especially Cindy's kind of shocked at that is, you know, it's just amazing. We've had a number of young ladies like yourself over the years um, that have, you know, won as you have. And it, we're just flabbergasted at just the distance that these young girls are, are achieving and the accuracy that they're getting as well. And it's just it, kind of mind-boggling because it's they're getting better and better and better as time goes on, and, and it's just amazing. So that's why we're kind of in uh, having a, a mini stroke here uh, looking at your stats. <laughs> um, let, me, let me ask you um, – uh, before we, we end up running out of time, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you were uh, invited to the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur back in 2019. Did you know that you were going to get an invitation up front? Did you kind of get a, a, heading, a heads up on that? And if not, um, tell us a little bit about your experience at the event. Um, yeah, I mean, as soon as it, like they released the news in 2018, I was like, okay, that's that's definitely a chance to, you know, to get there and to play in it. But I was always with the world ranking kind of right at the line. And, you know, you kind of think about it. And then I saw on Instagram early January that everyone opened the invitations. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe they send it to Germany. I just didn't make it. And later on, I think somebody dropped out. So I got it a little later, I think end of January. And um, then mm-hmm. they called me that one morning. So um, and we're like, hey, you're in. Are you in? Do you want to come? I'm like, uh, that's a question. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then, <laughs> um, of course, I called my family first and they got super excited. And since we are all kind of 
kind of golf golf family, um, they were also like, okay, so um, how many tickets do you actually have to 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 get us in? <laughs> so they all came, which was really fun. So and I think it's it was a fun event. It was really cool. I mean, they put so much um, so much time and effort, and it turned out great. I mean, the match that at the end, um, Jennifer and Maria, I think, showed the world or like the golfers to like what what we can do what girls can do or ladies can do i think that was just incredible and but um the mm-hmm. overall thing like champions retreat i really like that golf course i mean that was a really fun one i mean um no doubt it was it did was, you stay it was in really the cabin no we actually retreat? all stayed at a hotel oh okay so our yeah. son used to play at augusta state and he he played in the tournament at Champions Gate. It's really a retreat. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. It, it, yeah, it was it was a really good golf course. So I'm excited for the girls who who can play it this week. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your experience there. How did you find playing? I mean, obviously, you know, it's very exciting to be invited. Um, but how did you overall? How do you feel you played and and um, was it was it a little bit more than what you expected? Because you know we see, um, you know, uh, the Masters and that every year on on uh, on TV. But unless you've ever been there or especially played in that uh, area, uh, you don't really appreciate it. So, what was your impression when you got there, and how did you play? Yeah, so definitely it was like. On TV, you can't really see all the slopes. So just from a course perspective, I was like, okay, this is actually really hilly here, which sometimes hard to see on TV. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, and then the greens, you know, I mean, when, you some, when you're on them, you're like, um, and we had this local caddy, and he was like, you know, you really have to hit it, like on six. It was like the part where he was, uh, pin was all the way back. I was up front, and he was like, you know what, you just have to hit it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know it's Upper parts, maybe a little, little slow, but you can, you know. And it came back twice. I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the greens are just fascinating, like how, like when you when you actually have no clue, never played it, and they look not as bad as they actually are. You know, how difficult they are. So um, that was definitely an experience. And then also on the last day, like. Um, I mean, it was still probably a different crowd than it is at the Masters week, but, I mean, there were a lot of people and um, with just having scoreboards, no phones. It was actually really cool, and um, you, you could kind of tell, like, there's this little, not tension, but, like, extra ex- feel in it, you know? Like, fans are, like, mm-hmm. just, yeah, a little different at this, this event. So, um, and, I mean... I didn't make the cut that week. I had a bad second round, but um, I feel like overall it was like just a great experience. You saw the girls you play with mm-hmm. so often. Um, my coach, um, college coach was there, the family. So it was just a, a week I think you will never forget. And I think that's what it's also about. Um, as much as you like to play well and win, but <laughs> you can't always do it. So, yeah. Well, at least you'll now you'll have a whole um not that you I'm sure didn't appreciate it before, but you'll have a whole different perspective now um you know when you see Masters week because you've now been there and you've actually played that um you know that course, so you have a whole different viewpoint now of of what it's really like and how difficult um and challenging it is for the for the players because you've experienced that, you know, as you said you know, uh, putts rolling back, uh, you know, after a couple of attempts and, and you have a greater appreciation for just how difficult, uh, Augusta national can be. So, um, very interesting, very cool experience. And like you said, it's something that you'll remember for a long time, uh, your, your time there. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So where do you play next? In Tucson in two weeks. Um, another Symmetra event. So then we do Tucson, Utah, Kansas City as like three-week stretch. It's almost nice to have these weeks off, don't you think? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, since it's like two event, we play two events and now have two-week break and then three events, which is nice. On the other hand, you're like, okay, you know, 
get going right now, but on the other hand, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. Will um, you play in any mini tour events in Florida? I actually did before, yeah, to get kind of ready to get into scoring again because I feel like that just helps me sometimes, especially after a long season or like an off season. Um, Yeah, I agree. I played two events here and then one cactus event in Arizona before we played Longbow. And then I was like, okay, you kind of have an idea now. And no, let's let's, let's do it. Yeah, it's just good to get your feet wet. I'm coming down Sunday or Monday. I'm doing a boot camp with a bunch of kids over to Orange County. So we'll be thinking about your practice. And yeah, I love that over there because we can also do that short course. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. and there are not many people out there. So usually you have it all for yourself all day, and you can also can kind of you know go a little in between and do some different things. So yeah, you should. It's it's, it's a good one. Ex- absolutely, absolutely, Todd. Well, well, Sophie's going to be partying uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks off her win. She didn't get a chance to yet. She was telling me so. She's. She's already bought the beer, and she's getting ready to uh, to throw down here in the next couple of weeks. So who knows, Cindy? Maybe you'll get an invite when you go down next week. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> if you need a designated driver, I'll help you. Well, well, so um, Sophie, we want to thank you very much for joining us this morning, and congratulations again on your. Uh, first professional win at the IOA Championship, and um, we know you're very, uh, as as your family is, uh, very proud of of uh, your accomplishments. And I think you've got a great future. You've certainly got a great attitude, and and um, uh, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna go on to continue to be a champion again and again and again. And if you win again this season on Sumatra, you'll be coming back with us. So uh, we look forward to that. We hope you Perfect. do. And we uh, look forward to ha- having you back on. All right. Well, what- Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Good luck, honey. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Sophie Hausman, winner of the Iowa Championship on the Symmetra Tour. Um, Fun young lady. You know what I mean, Cindy? She's just got a great attitude. Um, Obviously is conscious of her game, um, but seems to be a little bit lighthearted too, which is nice, kind of refreshing. She's not... uh, you know, serious when she needs to be, but at the same time can sit back and kind of have fun and roll with the punches. And uh, I think that's a good combination. What do you think? I agree. I agree. And I want to hit a 283.36. Listen, I'd be satisfied with just a 280. Never mind. I know. Good Lord. I know. It's just, and 20, what, 29 and a half putts, I think it was, Um, you know, you know, here's the thing that was interesting that caught me. You know, you had asked her about how many greens she hit in the final round and obviously caught her off guard. She wasn't uh, expecting that. But, um, you know, what do you think about that? She's obviously, she said she's not really a big stats person. Now, obviously, I'm sure she monitors her stats to a certain degree to help with her uh, practice and whatnot. But, um I guess that can kind of be, depending on the person, it can kind of be a hit and miss. For some, you know, knowing those stats is probably very important. And others, you know, maybe like her, um, she doesn't get caught up in the stats. What do you think about that? I think you got to do what works for you. Yeah. And I don't think the world can, uh, what's the word? You know, it's like, whoa, what are you doing? Why are you not there? You know, it's like, stop. Just be quiet. I got to do what I got to do for me. And so I think it's very important that you are aware of that because the committee can really drive you nuts. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's important on, on, I agree with that on a certain level to, to understand where you're at. Um, But at the same time, I think some players maybe get too caught up in the stats and, you know, it can, it can work, it can be a plus, but I think it can also work to your detriment as well. I think if you get too caught up in the stats um, and, you know, suddenly you're not hitting those same numbers every time, that can kind of play with your mind. And then, of course, like you said, the committee of they, um, you know, like to chime in and, you know, share their thoughts and sometimes that well, can work Well, and then they your, give you self-doubt uh, and, you know, it's like, I, right. we don't need all this. We got to, yeah, I got to make sure I'm it, it doing sounds- what I need to do for me. 
You know? Yeah, it sounds like she's yeah she's got a, a pretty good solid foundation that she works with. She's got good people around her, good coaches. Um, you know, uh, you know when I asked her about sort of compared her a little bit to Tiger Woods and, and his thought process, I liked her answer because you know she's not getting caught up in having to have the perfect golf swing. It's more about reaching and achieving the goals that she sets out. And if it happens to look pretty, great. If it doesn't, as long as she's achieving the goals she set, she's okay with that. And I think that's important. I think sometimes some players try to focus too much on how they look and, and hitting everything just perfect, but then they forget about actually how to play the game. And it sounds like she's found a, she's found the balance that works best for her. So, all right, we're going to take a quick little break here, and then we will welcome our next guest, uh, Dr. Greta Anderson, uh, when she comes on board. So let me just play this quick message uh, regarding golf tips. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. Um, as I said, we're going to be joined here momentarily by our next guest, Dr. Greta Anderson. Uh, and as an LPJ golf instructor, she uh, teaches using methods grounded in measurability, strategy, and evidence. Most of all, she likes to help you learn to love the game of golf, which we all do. Uh, and when she works together with her students, uh, she intends to challenge you and, uh, and says emphatically that that's guaranteed. Uh, she also likes to help you maximize your skills, identify and address individual problems, and build the confidence needed to play your very best. Um, so, Cindy, you know, I think when you know when you work with your students, I know you've mentioned many times that you like to help them to understand. It, and again, it's not about building the perfect swing; it's really about um, what for you. Did you get that? No, oh, I'm sorry. It's about hitting the ball. I was on mute. It was, <laughs> it's about hitting the ball where you want it to go and not the perfect swing. You've got to be able to score. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it, it, it's interesting, though, you know, when you look at some some of the players on tour, and, and it doesn't matter which tour, but, um, you know, there's some that, that seem to – you know, grind and grind to find that perfect swing, um, but yet don't seem to get, you know, necessarily the desired results. Um, and then there's others that, you know, they certainly work on every part of their game, but it's more about, you know, strategy and about playing and, and scoring. And, you know, you've worked with, with young uh, ladies, particularly who aspire to maybe play collegiate golf and that, what do you do, what do you say, or what's the conversation you have when you see that they're so focused on making it look perfect, but they're not really focusing on uh, learning to play the game itself or, or to score better? What do you say to them? What's the conversation you have if you see that they're sort of hyper-focusing on making it just look perfect? Um, I don't really have anybody right now who's trying to be perfect. I... I feel as though my, our biggest issue with kids or people that are playing are focused on trying to score too much and not hit the shot they need to. Um, they try too hard to make mm -hmm. something happen, and that makes it really difficult to score. So they're mm -hmm. trying to shoot a number, and you can't try to shoot a number. I mean, if we could do that, we'd all shoot 62, right? Right, um, right. So it's, it's having the mindset. You know, we've got one young girl who's trying to play college golf and, and qualify for an event, you know, who's shooting 38, 
40, 38, you know, and nine holes here, nine holes there. And then she goes to qualify and shoots 89. Like, okay, so wow. what's different? Every every round counts. If you put more value on one round than another, then you're, okay, now i got to really play. And it's qualifying. And it's like, stop, you're trying way too hard. What are you doing? So that's the big right. issue that we face. And, and And parents. You know, trying to uh, put too much pressure on them to perform rather than let's just have fun. Go hit the ball from here to there. You know, take a hybrid right. if you have to. Chip it down the fairway. Right. Do whatever you got to do. You you don't need – that's one thing I like about Sophie is, you know, she's finally – I don't want to say finally, but she's getting smarter with I don't need to mm-hmm. hit driver. It's too narrow down here. I can hit, right. you know uh, – if if you hit nine iron or pitching wedge from one twenty five one thirty, you know, poor you, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. you know, well, distance is not a big deal. Again, I, if I could play, I saw something in Golf Digest this morning. I got an email, or I think it was them. I don't know who it was, but it said five reasons you should play from the front tees. I'm like, yeah, I'll play from the front tees all day long and shoot under par. You know, it's when you move me back to 6,300 yards that I'm like, okay, this is no fun. And that's part of the reason a lot of people don't like to play. You're just playing it from too far away for what your skill level is. Yeah, exactly. All right, Um, I see our guest is here, so let's bring her out. I've already introduced her. Uh, Let's bring out our uh, very special guest, Dr. Greta Anderson. Good morning. Well, how are you? Good morning. Great. We're doing very well. We have someone Thank you. Smarter very... than us on right now, Ted. You just yeah. Well, know that. that wouldn't be too. <laughs> I, I can't speak. I can't speak for you, Cindy, but I guarantee she's smarter than I am. So. Um, well, I don't know Greta, about that, but I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us this morning, and um, we're we're glad to. You know that you can make it with us, and we're we're excited to learn a little bit more about what you do. So, as I mentioned, you know you're uh, an LPGA golf professional, and uh, you love to work and help everybody love this game as we do. So, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What what drew you to golf? Well, I um, I love all sports. I mean, I'm I'm just a good old fashioned jock. Um, but I really put a, a golf club was put in my hands as as a girl. My dad's a golfer, and um, didn't play nearly as much golf as he plays now because, uh, you know, you know he's uh, retired, retired, and as I lovingly call him, a professional golfer. Um, but that was just kind of one of the ways that I got to enjoy time with him. He, you know, was a busy uh, family man and career, career with a career, so he didn't have a whole lot of time, but I knew that he enjoyed his golf, and I would kind of go and hang out with him, you know, a proud, you know, dad, daddy's girl. And um, But I was an avid tennis player, and – um, I loved both of them, but at the time, there was not a diversity of programs and programming. It was fun, but golf had nothing in comparison to what tennis right. offered me in terms of competition, one, because I was already I've been playing since I was a very small girl, but also that's where my community was. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's got to be fun for kids. And, you know, I'm like, well, this is fun. You get to hit the ball, and the ball goes high, and the ball goes fast, and it goes far. But it does the same thing over here, and I've got friends. And so uh, golf was kind of just something I did for fun with family until I got into my 20s. When I was in graduate school, I really began to play more, still playing with my dad, and but, you know, my, my graduate school buddies and that type of thing. And then when, once I moved into my career, it was quite the business tool. And that's really where I really got kind of entrenched in golf. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, as you, you know, develop through your career and, and, and so forth, and you, somebody that's been, you know, brought into golf um, as you have, and you start to develop a, a sense of an understanding. It's not just a game. There's so much more to it. And I like it, something I, I, I took from your website, and you said golf is a metaphor for life. Explain why you think that. I think I think that golf is a metaphor for life for so many reasons. Let's just take a hole. You know, we've all played golf. Pick a hole, any hole. The first shot can set us up for many great things. We need to pay great mm-hmm. attention, assess the situation, prepare accordingly. 
we strike it. Maybe it's the best drive of our lives, or maybe we go out of bounds. The same thing can happen in life. You may not have had the best start. Sometimes it doesn't have as much to do with what you've done as, it, as you know, other you know, situations that you've been born into. Who knows? But that's where you are, and now that's what you have to deal with. It. You can choose to let that tee shot or that childhood or that you know, less than ideal situation of your past define you, or mm-hmm. you can say, okay, this is the situation, and let's make the best of it. Let me take my medicine, as we, you know, a lot of times we'll say, right, and get on out here in this right. fairway and keep it moving forward. Or I can decide that I'm going to try to hit it between these trees and over the, you know, over the, the creek right. and do some high-risk <laughs> things that might get me into some more bad situations. You know, it's, it's a risk-reward proposition, right. and that's really how life works. Right. I think she just proved, Cindy, she's smarter than I am because I couldn't have put it as, as well as that. So a very good answer. I love that. Um, Cindy, <laughs> go ahead. You mentioned that you, you measure things. Tell us, yes. tell us what, what you mean by that. Sure. I believe strongly that what gets measured gets improved. And so it's great to say, you know, things are moving forward, but most people – um, even when they come to the lesson tee and say, well, Dr. Greta, I just want to be able to get the ball in the air. Well, that lasts for about 10 minutes once the ball's in the air. And so I, one, find that allowing people, particularly ladies that are newer to the game, to embrace the fact that it's okay to want to get good and to get better means we have to start measuring things because good and better our subjective terms. Oh, that looks better than that shot. Well, is it really? Based on the situation, mm-hmm. based on what we need, based on what club we're using, is it? So understanding quantifiably how we are, how we are moving, changing, and growing makes a world of difference in helping people see how they're progressing and where we need to fill in the gaps. So tell me how you would do that. Let's say, you know, someone comes in and says, I want to get better. Do you, mm-hmm. like I asked Sophie, you know, how many fairways and greens and blah, 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 what were your stats on the mm-hmm. last round? And she couldn't tell mm-hmm. me. Yes. What, how would Number you use that in a woman that's beginning to play who mm-hmm. thinks they have to hit it perfect all the time? And how do you measure whether or not they're really getting better? Okay. So let's just say she's, you know, n- Getting up, playing on the course, but you know, not really. You know, but sometimes let's just say high scores. You know, high handicapper, developing golfer. Mm-hmm. Many times, their definition, of, let's just say, a good shot, is there's there there's there's no range around it. It's just did the ball go up or down? Did it go forward or far? And so we have to put operational definitions around everything because, again, a drive for you or me might, and, and the definition of good, I mean, I'm doing air quotes here, is totally different than it is for that person. So it, it is operationally mm-hmm. defining what is good for that person at that moment in time and what we want good to look like six weeks from now, six months from now, so on and so forth. I got it. Do you help them understand that she who misses it best without getting ticked off wins? Absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> she will go crazy. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. Good, good. You know, that's part yeah, of the journey. Good. You know, I try to I really I really do try to encourage and uh support women and 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 all of my my clients in understanding that golf is a journey again that metaphor for life. And it's going to have its mm-hmm. ups and downs. Like I use myself as an example. I had a pretty severe hand and wrist injury. So I switched sides. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to play all over again. And I'm not nearly as long as I was as a, as a left, even though my natural dexterity is left-handed, as a lefty golfer, I'm not nearly as long as I was. And part of that is probably age, too. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been some time now. But you know, what I did gain was more patience and, and frankly, more accuracy, you know, as, as time has gone on and I've had a chance, of course, to hone my skills and, and that type of thing. But I, but I say that to help them understand, like, where you begin is not your ending. And don't be, compare your beginning to someone else's middle. 
you're on the range, you know, next to, you know, Sophie, a great player, mm-hmm. and you just picked up clubs three weeks ago. Right. That's not yeah, a realistic that's comparison. Yeah, and so those are the and, things and I, that I find are the cautionary tale for many for many people in getting discouraged. Got it. Ted? Yeah, that's a great point that you make because a lot of times, and I'm sure, Greta, you've had this on the Lesson T where – you know, they want to look like somebody they've seen on TV. They've, there's a favorite player. They want to swing like that. Uh, but it may not be the swing for them. And they compare right. themselves to professionals who play, you know, every day and practice every day. Which brings me yeah. to another point. You, you talk about on your website, you say, have a, deliver, uh, sorry, a deliberate plan and structured mm-hmm. golf practice. Um, Correct. Talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about that because that's something that, especially new golfers, they don't have that yet. Mm-hmm. They don't have a necessarily a deliberate plan, and they don't know how to structure their practice to get the best uh, results. Talk us through that a little bit. Yeah. Sure. You're absolutely right because for many golfers, a deliberate plan is coming to the range, picking the biggest bucket available, and you know, mm-hmm. and you know, slapping 120 or 140 balls. That is not good practice. Deliberate practice involves focusing upon whatever, you know, in particular we focused on during our last session together because I'm just like a good teacher. I provide homework, and usually I boil that down to three essential elements that I want someone to practice on. So if we're taking, you know, this kind of same, you know, avatar of, of you know, you know, new developing female golfer that we've kind of been speaking about this morning, I would take her and I would probably say, okay, here's the situation. When you go and practice, I would rather you go and come, If you, let's just say we're working on, you know, full swing, get a, come and get a bucket of 40 ball because I want you to be intentional uh, and go through those three mm-hmm. key elements that we've been focused on with every single ball. Now that's going to take some time. So that's not just, hitting a ball, racking a ball, hitting it good, bad, or whatever, yeah. and, and pulling another one. I want you to spend the time on your setup. I want you to make sure that your grip is in good order. I want you to feel your transitions. I want you to understand those things. That is practice because that is how you move the needle. You're not going to move the needle just, oh, that ball didn't go straight. It went a little bit left. Well, okay, that's not a problem. Why did it go left? Do you understand? Right. You may not understand exactly why it went left, but you can understand, oh, I had my hand, my left hand was a little bit more under the club, underneath the club, like Dr. Greta was explaining to me, I don't want it there. Let me reset my grip. That's how we learn. So less is more. It's quality over mm-hmm. quantity. Yeah, well said. You do a lot of programs, uh, obviously, for women yes. and girls. What are some mm-hmm. of the biggest, um, and again, we're going to stick with, with new students right now, but sure. when sure. you get a new student, student um, regardless of age what are some of the biggest apprehensions what is it that they they fear the most um, about this game do you think that they don't fit in and that they don't look like they fit in they don't look like a golfer they may have that they may not have no athletic background but you know again mm-hmm. you know a lot of times in the, of the, of the club or the practice facility they're, you know, seasoned golfers working on their, you know, swings on the, and, you know, their skill set, the balls, you know, whipping off the club face and, you know, they're swinging and missing. They just feel insecurity. And people have been told over and over and over that golf is so difficult. Like golf's really hard. Right. Whew, that's going to take a long time. Well, I heard it takes 20 years to become a good golfer. That is not true. <laughs> so you, you have to debunk a lot of myths. Off the rip, you know. Right. Like, like, no, it doesn't. I learned twice. Right. <laughs> because I did. I had to learn to play two times. You know, you right. have to let them know that, and it's okay. And it's okay. There are people here who, very few people out here, have the perfect swing. There's no such thing as the perfect swing. You know, I explained to them. Mm-hmm. I said, if you ever watch golf on TV and you see the guys and girls you know, who, they're really good. I said, they're on TV. They're really good. And you see all those people standing behind them? I said, well, those are their coaches. Now, if they need a coach, you have no shame. We all need a coach. It's, that's, that's the story of life, the metaphor. So that's why it's metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so true. You know, people, people don't realize that everybody, even the best, the most elite player, has somebody that helps them with their game. 
or their mission in life. That's right. And um, that's right. You know, so it, it it's kind of it, it's kind of humorous in a way when you think that the average amateur thinks, well, I don't need help. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get this, and I don't need somebody standing there telling me how to do this. Well, if the best players in the right. world have somebody, you know, speaking in their ear, why would you think that you wouldn't need somebody? And uh, so they're very, right. very apprehensive. Um, yes. What are some of the things that you like to do with your students that has really given you the best results? Obviously, you're teaching the fundamentals, and you're teaching them how to, um, you know, understand the game, how to play the game, not just hit the ball, you know, mm-hmm. well in that. But what are some mm-hmm. things specifically that you like to do to really move that needle forward? Is there anything specific in your programs that you like to do? Yes. I'm very intentional about building community. I know that, um, so if you, you uh, know a little bit about me and my background, I have been studying um, and, a lot of, and doing a lot of work around a model of persistence and uh, retention theory since the 90s, my, my, my doctoral dissertation. And I won't bore you with all of it, but the, the theory holds in this way. You can teach someone a skill set, whether that is, you know, statistics, anthropology, accounting in college, or, you know, or golf, right? It's, it's that skill set. And they can become very well integrated with it. But if they don't have a sense of community, they won't stick with it. So from, from a collegiate standpoint, this may make sense in this way. I can be a straight-A student at, you know, pick the university, but I hate it there. The campus life is not for me. And Oh, I'm a great student. I'm not having a good experience. I leave and I transfer. I did not have social integration. And that holds true mm-hmm. with most women in golf. Mm-hmm. That is why I do so much programming, group programming in the beginning, because socialization matters. They're not going to stick with the game. Golf is resource intensive. It's, you know, no matter your station in life, golf takes time and money. If I'm mm-hmm. not having fun, I will not spend time and money here. So I'm yep. very intentional about introducing new golfers to the community, letting them know you're not the only new golfer here. Hey, sometimes you guys want to come out and practice. Here's a practice crew. The ladies yep. are just there. I may be teaching, but that time is devoted on in our, in our facility just, you know, it doesn't have to be the huge facility. It's just, you know, four or five stations on the range, just within earshot while I'm doing some other things that they feel comfortable, they're practicing. I can drop in, hey, you know, quickly correct a few things, give them encouragement. They're building relationships. Those people become mm-hmm. nine-holers. Those people become 18-holers. Those people then become the people that travel with me to Europe and Asia on golf trips. That's fantastic. Uh, I love that uh, analogy. Cindy, go ahead. Where are you and how do people find you, Greta, Dr. Greta? Thank you. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. I teach at Steel Canyon Golf Club, which is in Sandy Springs, Georgia, which is just just north of the city. So, you know, Atlanta's one big blob of a metroplex here. So, uh, <laughs> And you can find me anywhere on the Internet at Dr. Greta Golf. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Now, now you mentioned um, about travel. Obviously, you know, with the pandemic, that's uh, been a little bit squelched here for for the last little while. Yeah. So I know that you yeah. uh, have had to probably put that on hold and that. But um, yeah, you obviously typically will put that aside for a moment. Obviously, you uh, mm-hmm. in future as we begin to open things up, you're going to get back into that a little bit more. Um, what types of trips yeah. do you like to do? And and is this um, kind of an, just a, a golf trip? Is this a little golf and little other things happening as well? Give us an idea of, of what that experience would be with uh, on a trip. Sure. We know that our community of golfers and their friends in, in, in their communities love to travel. They want to travel in a fun, unique you know, way. They want to take a golf trip, but they don't want to play 36 holes a day. <laughs> That's not their version right. of the golf trip. <laughs> And so I've always said right. a golf trip is whatever you decided to be if you're a golfer, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so we right. know that it's important to mix um, gastronomy and sightseeing and new cultural experiences with golf because, of course, that's the great thing about our sport. There are cool courses pretty much everywhere. So we mix mm-hmm. them all in. 
to allow people to play as much or as little as they want while seeing, seeing, you know, cool, cool places, and it's just a blast. So our last trip, as you said, right before the pandemic, we were in Tunisia and Morocco. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. You want to talk about working on the sand game? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Great. That's time. fantastic. Well, I, I hope things open up uh, quickly and, and you get back to doing that because it sounds like a lot of fun in that. But, um, yeah, you know, I, you're, you're so right. You know, it, it's really an overall package. Golf offers so many things, so many learning experiences that people don't realize. And, you know, something that you said a little while ago, you know, talking about where people are under this misnomer because of the language that we've spoken in golf for so many, well, it's hard, it's difficult, and, and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. an insurmountable mountain to get over. And it's really, as you pointed out yourself with your own experience, I mean, you've learned to play this game twice. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's not impossible. I think it really depends on what you're willing to bring, meaning the, the student is willing to bring to the table. You know, are you coming to learn? Correct. Are you coming to, you know, right? If they're just showing up and saying, okay, well, you know, give me a golf swing, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. They have to play a part too, right? They have to play a part and, you know, play a part and then be willing to understand that this is a process. You know, I mean, I have students that run the gamut. I love when a student is self-aware. I have one of, one of my great clients. He's, he is a great golfer, shoots, you know, he's a scratch golfer. He could be well under cards. But, and he says, here's the deal, Dr. Greta. You know, I have too many other things in life that I want to spend time on. I love my golf, mm-hmm. but like to get, because I always go like, come on, guy, we can get these scores down. And he goes, but that <laughs> means you're going to give me homework. That means I got to practice. And I don't want to be accountable for that. So we're, see, that, I can respect that. He goes like, you know, I know, I know, Greta, we could, we could take this so far. And I go like, oh, conversely, I have another gentleman who, is been he's been in golf for about two months now. Early on, he was saying, "Hey, look, this is this is a bit more of uh, an integral part of my business and my career than I ever realized. I didn't listen to mm-hmm. my dad, but now's the time I got to get this. I really got to get cooking on this thing. No problem. We have our weekly lesson. I give him homework. We're talking. We communicate. He goes. Here's the deal." I know how I am. That's why I go to see a trainer every morning because if I don't have a trainer, I'm not going to do the work. Guess what? Yep. I see him four days a week. He's like, wow. this, is, this is what I want. Okay, because what? We know we, we're quantifying things, but we can't do that if we hadn't quantified. Right. Right, exactly. That's great. That's fantastic. That's great. Um, yeah, exactly. Cindy, any final thoughts or questions that you have? No, I Thank you for everything you do for the LPGA. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Wow. Best way, That's Greta, awesome. that they that they can that they can reach out to you for those listening to the show that maybe uh, in your area that would like to reach out and contact you. Uh, what's the best way that they can go and find out more information? Sure. If you want to contact me, you can go to my website. It's drdrgretagolf.com. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook at Dr. D-R, G-R-E-T-A, Golf, and, of course, on YouTube where we provide insights, instruction, and guidance to help you level up your golf game. Same hand I love at it. Dr. Greta Golf. I love it. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Greta, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And please come back uh, again sometime. We would love to have you and continue the conversation. Thank you. But thank you for sharing, some, thank yeah, you thank so you for sharing time this morning with our audience. Thank you, Cindy and Ted. I appreciate it. Not a problem. You have a great day, and keep doing the great work that you're doing with the LPJ. Thank you. Take care. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Um, very interesting uh, approach to the game. I like that. You know, um, she really, I think, emphasizes um, a sense of community, and I, I like what she said, too, you know, how she wants to bring people um, not just to learn the game, but it's a social thing as well, as getting people that um, can work together and help one another and, and, um, 
and uh, again, that sense of community. And I think that's so important. I think sometimes we look at golf because it is an individual sport that's something you know we've got to do on our own and that, but really that's not the case, especially if you're new to the game. I think there's a lot of opportunities to um, to work together. I mean, obviously you work with a great uh, instructor uh, like Dr. Greta, but uh, at the same time you can come out and practice with uh, you know some of the other folks that are that are coming out to the golf course as well. If you're a little bit you know gun shy about coming out. Um, it's a great opportunity to make some friends and, and hopefully some lifelong friends as well. And you have obviously something in common uh, to talk about and work together on. So I think it's very great. I love, uh, I love hearing stories like that. All right, Cindy, you're off to boot camp next week. Yep. I am. Is this a junior? Am. Is this a junior or an adult boot camp? This is a junior. Oh, this is going to be fun. I want to. I look forward to hearing about it then next week. All right, we want to thank everybody again once again. Our, our special guest, so, uh, Sophie uh, Hausman, uh, winner of the Iowa Championship. Congratulations again, and then also to Dr. Greta Anderson, uh, LBJ Golf Professional. Thank you for uh, ladies for both uh, being our special guests this morning. We will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody and have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Todd. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.